Today, Sally's taking us back to Tasmania and back to South Australia. There's so much in both of those states for us to enjoy, and we're going to indulge in that. Plus, a few cruises, interesting-sounding cruises. They're all new, and they're all happening around Australia. We're talking travel on to a new RFM, and Sally Lucas with us again. Sally, uh, Tasmania, such a different state from the mainland and so much to offer us. Well, we did have a chat about Tassie and I ran out of time a few weeks back, so I didn't cover anywhere near what I wanted to. So I thought I'll, I'll finish off some of the areas I, I missed, mm. um, and which is mainly the West Coast area. So we didn't get to the West Coast. We talked mainly about the East Coast and, and down south of the East Coast as well. So... Once you cross across from Burnie or where, and then Stanley, where you've got that wonderful nut that you can climb, but also it's a beautiful little town, Stanley, because there's had a couple of films made here. Now, was it The Lighthouse Keeper or one of those okay. was filmed there? So it's really interesting because they, they tizzied the town up for the movie. So it's, it's such a quaint village now. It's really, really quite delightful. So we, we did that, and then we went across to a place called Marawa, which is at the top part of the, the West Coast. And from there, they often get these huge, huge, Huge swells come in from South America where you'll get waves at certain times of the year that are so stupendous. Of course, Tasmania is also famous for down the south when they have these big wave riders go there. It wasn't big when we were there, but, you know, you could... It can happen. It can happen. And, of course, from there you can go down through Arthur River um, and Cooter Rocks and Corinna. Now, Arthur River you can do a cruise on, which is great to do. And then when you get to Corinna, which is, again, a quaint little town in the Tarkine sort of area, um, you can do a cruise on the Pyman River there as well, which which we did, which is wonderful. And then you go across on the little punt and continue on because that's the only way you can go further um, down that, that route. And then you can go down, of course, to Zeehan, which is old, old mining town areas we're looking at now, and um, Queenstown. Um, but also if you cut across from there, which we didn't mention more towards the middle, of course, you've got the wonderful Cradle Mountain, which I think I briefly mentioned, Cradle Mountain National Park, which has so much to do there. I mean, there's just so much you can do. And um, it's wombat heaven if you love wombats there they're wandering around everywhere and it was the only place I've ever seen a strawberry blonde wallaby um, mm. was at Cradle Mountain it's this real gingery strawberry blonde colour and we used to have little wallabies outside our window where we were staying which you could open had a little grill on it and they wait there till I gave them strawberries <laughs> so, so strawberry by name and by uh, <laughs> desire um, and then also if you're going a bit further inland back towards Launceston you've got those wonderful caves the King Solomon and the Mole Creek Caves and the formations in them some of them are unique there's no any other part of the world don't have doesn't have some of the formations that are in those caves and they're, they're both very, very interesting. So through Zian you, you get to Queenstown, which again, old mining town, um, and it's trying to reinvent itself more now because of course once the mine died and it got almost to be a ghost town. But you've got the Wilderness Railway there, West Coast Wilderness Railway, which runs from there and you can do it down to Strawn or vice versa and there's a full day trip or a partial trip you can do on that and they're restoring like the old theatre and making it into a museum and so on you can do eco tours so they're really trying to reinvent Queenstown and because in its heyday it was just thriving of course and then the revegetation has never really happened in or around Queenstown there's a little bit of it happening slowly but I think it's going to be a very slow slow process of course of it's all the mining that happened um, mining. yes and then of course um, you can go on down to the beautiful area of Strawn and of course it was famous 
for one of the worst pe- penal, or infamous for one of the wor- worst penal colonies in Australia at Sara Island. And you can do a little a cruise across to Sara and learn all about that, which is fascinating. And, of course, you can do another river cruise there on the Gordon River, which is quite wonderful to do as well. Um, so once you've left there, then you can head down to Lake St. Clair and then on to the Derwent Bridge area where you see that wonderful wooden sculpture which is a work in progress called The Wall and it is absolutely stunning and it's just done with an axe nearly all with an axe and the the father, I can't remember their names now, started it but he's getting older and his hands are starting to seize up a bit but the son is carrying on the tradition and he's a well known sculptor in his own right as well so that is just something marvellous you can do before you start heading down then back down into Hobart which of course we've talked about before. So that's just giving an idea of some of the things you can do on the west coast but don't forget also just out of Launceston which I didn't mention before you've got the wonderful Bridstow rather where they have the lavender farm and this is the largest privately owned lavender farm in the world it's 260 acres and it ends up adding all the rows add up to 200 kilometers of lavender Mm. and that comes to its peak coming up soon now so if you're going down now and that's open again, um, this would be a wonderful time to do it because it's the summer months, December through to January or early February when they start harvesting the lavender. It's quite spectacular. So that is also something you could incorporate into your Tassie holiday. There's just Look, I could keep going on. There's just so much to do down there. But luckily we can go now, which is just wonderful. Talking travel, Sally Lucas and I. And uh, it's time to uh, repair another gap, I think, <laughs> yes. you might say, Sally. It yes. is, uh, and of course, it's a part of South Australia yes. that you did visit when you were there, and of course, lots of us do visit. And yes, really enjoy. Well, this was really unusual, Jane, because I guess most people, when they go to South Australia and Adelaide, because the Barossa is so close, that they always do the Barossa. Well, I'd never done the Barossa. We we'd <laughs> done McLaren Vale and the Limestone Coast, and we've done all the other areas, but hadn't done the Barossa. So, how we, do you? do the Barossa. How do you do the Barossa? <laughs> um, one step to the left and three to the right, I think. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway. Or was that one white to the left and three yeah, reds to yeah, the right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we did visit a couple of lovely vineyards there and we always try and select vineyards where we can't get their wines, you know, back home here locally. And one of the ones we went to was excellent. You know, he, he was such an informative um, person behind the counter that knew the whole history, you know, of the vineyard and you could really explain the wines well. So we really had some interesting wine tastings while we were there. Tried to get into Maggie beers for lunch but like everywhere, just to warn people now, because people are travelling so much within their own state, if you don't book ahead to get in for a meal somewhere these days, you're lucky. To, you're liable, sorry, to miss out. Mm. Um, and we were lucky we could get into a couple of pubs, but as far as the restaurants were concerned, we even had to book into the pubs too. So just remember this, any holiday planning you're doing now, it's not like the old days where you can sometimes just rock up, you might miss out, particularly mm. the popular areas, you know. So anyway, yeah, we had, and it was looking beautiful. They've obviously had rain there and it was just flourishing, like when we have our vineyards flourish after rain. So we had all the beautiful, grapevines, you know, grew the green. And then all the vineyards there, instead of just planting, not all of them, but a lot of them, instead of planting just a rose bush in front of their row of, of vines, they have this whole row of bright red roses that go right along the front of all the vines. And it was just stunning for photography. You know, we had blue skies, we had red, we had green. And we had red and we had white. <laughs> but it was lovely couple of days in the Barossa then before we headed up 
too when we went then into the Flinders Ranges and Rawnsley Park. But don't forget, if you're doing the limestone coast, please call into Narracourt because the the fossilised remains there in the you know the sunken caves there are just unbelievable. It, it really is quite mind blowing to to go and visit Narracourt. So put that on your list as well if you're doing South Australia. Now talking about doing South Australia or doing anywhere at the moment, there's a lot of the shipping companies are using us to cruise in where they might not have always done such a wide range of cruising before because we're considered, I guess, a lot safer than so a lot of other countries. So when you say us, you mean Australia Australia generally. in general. Yeah. yeah, Australia in general. So, for example, at the moment, like Pernant, the French cruise line, they usually do do a Kimberley cruise, but they've got one now called the Highlights of Southern Australia. Now, that's going in um, March 2021. It's 12 nights. But it's going down into Tassie where they take you to the Tamar Valley. They take you to King Island. Um, then you're going to South Australia where they, they take you um, uh, via Melbourne, sorry, they, this leaves from Melbourne, I should have mentioned. Then you go on to the Limestone Coast, Kangaroo Island, Port Lincoln, across to Esperance, Albany and Fremantle. So very interesting itinerary. Then they've got the iconic Kimberley, of course, between Broome and Darwin, where you're doing the Lacepedes, Careening Bay, Swift Bay, Vansittart Bay, King River, well, King George River and Falls, all of that. Um, so that one is going as well, and that is departing in August next year. It's a 10-night cruise. Then they're also doing another one like in the reverse um, from Broome back uh, from Darwin, sorry, rather back down to Broome, um, which is August or next year. And then they're also doing an Aboriginal art and art of the Kimberley and the Tiwi Islands, which is in September, and that's a 13 night cruise. So, some interesting cruises. And the other one is with Cunard, and they're doing what they call Australia's Gardening Journey, and it's on the 14th of December. And they've got gardening experts like Jamie Jury and Graham Ross on board, and various other. Uh, well-known people who will be giving you information from Better Homes and Gardens and all sorts of programs. And that's taking you down into Tassie and Melbourne and Eden and back to Sydney. So it's actually a nine-day cruise and that's going on December 14th of December next year on the Queen Elizabeth. Next year this is. Yes, 2021. These are all next year. So um, lots of lovely inclusion, evening performances, all sorts of interesting dining. As I said, they're going to be adding more guests, getting more and more guests to come on board. So you're going to have lots of information about gardening if you're really into your garden. And what a lovely way to do it on a a beautiful ship and and then get off and see some of the lovely gardens that you Mm. can explore. So look, we've got lots to look forward to next year. Your station to a new RFM and we are talking travel. And while we were talking Tasmania, Sally Lucas. um, Mm, Mona. Mona. Yes, Museum of New and Old Art. She is reopening on Boxing Day. So if you've got Tassie planned, at least you can now visit Mona again, which is quite an experience. After Boxing Day. After Boxing Day, (laughs) yes. yes. So we do have some hot deals, but you've also got some information for us about travelling generally. Well, I think it's important, Jane, that we keep having this conversation, of course, because it's it's still an unknown. This whole COVID thing has been unknown. We've never been in this situation before. So, I mean, Alan Joyce has been outspoken, of course, this week saying that, you know, no jab, no fly as far as he is concerned or Qantas is concerned with international airline travel. They're saying at this stage they're not going to insist on that for domestic, but that is not a definite either. They're still thinking about what they're doing with that. But also all the other airlines, to be quite honest, are thinking along the same lines, which is no secret. Of course they would be. I mean, they've got to protect their staff of course, as well as the people on board. So I think you're going to find, as they've discussed, it'll be like a proof of vaccination like we used to have. 
your little yellow booklet. Remember when you had your smallpox and you had your yellow fever and you had your cholera and your typhoid? And so it, it's just going to be a similar thing. And, and I mean, I know there are anti-vaxxers out there, and I mean they've got to think about this. I mean, this this could prevent them from travelling internationally, and that's something they'll have to consider. Um, you know, they're saying whether that's legal, whether that can be done legally or not. I mean, who knows? I mean, but what what they're saying is, I think we'll have to just realise that this is probably going to be the new norm. Mm. Uh, as far as international travel is concerned. And also, Jane, while we're talking about new things, we've had one insurance company um, come out already saying they're redesigning their new travel insurance policy post-COVID um, and that you will be covered for. And there are certain clauses and certain reasons of how you are covered for COVID. Of course, you need to look into the fine print and discuss that with your travel agent or your insurance provider. But at least there will be a policy coming out where you, you will have cover. And, and it will be different from previous policies. Again, it will. And I'm sure the rates will be also. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, we were just talking earlier, of course, about these wonderful cruise options that you've got available. So I just thought I'd mention that the one that with the gardening one, which I think sounds fascinating because I love my garden. So I'd, I'd be happy to go and do this itinerary myself, to be quite honest with you. I said it's the 14th of December and they've got um, cabins starting on that from a bit over $3,000 per person to do that. And that's that's that one for December next year. And the other ones I mentioned on Ponant, they've got a um, $2,000 per person saving on those selected voyages I mentioned, but you've got to book and pay your deposit by the 4th of December. That's to, this year. This, yes, this year for next, next year's year. sailings. But and that's all, the deposit. Yeah. Yes, the deposit. Now, also for the oncoming year, 2021, 2020, well, actually 2022, Lindblad and National Geographic are coming up with a series of itineraries for 2022, but they're letting you book it at 2021 rates for 2022 dates. And they've got a range of lovely cruises like Alaska's Coastal Wilderness, etc., and the other ones are the Inside Passage, uh, the Great Bear Rainforest, so quite a whole range of ones in Alaska. But they're also doing other areas as well, like uh, French Polynesia, the Caribbean, the Wild Isles of the United Kingdom, the Wild Islands of Japan. They're calling this all their Wild Island series and the Wild Isles of Canada. So, again, they've got some good rebates on those if you wish to book in advance and book early. And also something new, Rocky Mountaineer is making their US debut in 2021. Of course, we all, uh, I think, fairly familiar with the wonderful Rocky Mountaineer that does the Canadian Rockies. But what they're going to be doing, they're introducing what they call Rockies to Red Rocks, which is a two-day rail journey between Denver, Colorado, Moab and Utah with an overnight stay in Glenwood Springs in Colorado. So they're deciding they want to offer that as an extra itinerary as well as their Rocky Mountains. So something new is happening. Everyone's thinking outside the square, I think, at the moment and trying to offer us something a little bit more exciting and that we can dream to achieve. We love our dreams. We do indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we will talk travel again next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>